Some of you don't know the name, but that's that guy from the Hunger Games. Transformers the last night. Beauty and the Beast and Spotlight. Hello and welcome to another episode of Standing Stanley Tucci. I'm Hannah. And I'm David. Uh, and we continue to stan the stan. Stan uh, We're the still watching every every single IMDb credit that he's ever had in order. Um <laughs> From the small parts to the big parts, and this is a small part uh, in a in a pretty small movie. It wasn't a, a huge success at the time, but, but it's got a lot of big stars in it. It's got so many huge stars in it, and I will say, even though it is a small role, he manages to make a meal out of it. You know, I I really do think so. Um, what we're watching this week is. Billy Bathgate, 1991. I talked to my uh, friends another about... Another mob movie. Yeah, I talked to my friends about this, and they were like, I'm sorry, what? I've never heard of this movie. And then I listed off the cast, and they were like, what? How have I never heard of this movie? Like, <laughs> Right, well, I mean, it was during a time where a lot of people were making these sort of historical fiction-y uh, mob movies, mm-hmm. and this one was particularly kind of prestige but... But, but kind not. of not not like good enough to be prestige. Yeah. Um, it was you know based on a book by E. L. Doctorow, uh, who's the guy who wrote Ragtime. You might be more familiar mm-hmm. with that one. Um, and then the screenplay was by Tom Stoppard, uh, who wrote Rosencrantz and Guildenstern Are Dead. Uh, that's the play he's most famous for. Uh, and the thing he's least famous for is doing. Uh, doing dialogue touch-ups on Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, that's Tom. That's Tom for you. Oh, my Tom God. Tom Stoppard. Wow. Um, so I think this is the kind of project that if I were Stanley Tucci in the 90s, I would be desperate to be a part of. Right. Um, you know, I think at this point he's getting a little more selective with the types of roles that he takes. Still a mob movie, still a gangster, but he doesn't kill anyone on screen. Nope. He uh, he is not killed in the end. Um, he's he's sort of, he's almost like an upstanding citizen. <laughs> he he's he's practically a he's practically a good guy. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> but um, you know, I'm just saying like it doesn't hurt his image any more than uh, than what he's he's already been in, and it's a much more prestige type of of movie for sure. For what sure. did you? What did you think of uh, of this as like a role as a as a part of his legacy as a part of his rise? I mean, it's nice to see him in a movie as the gangster boss now because you know we've got him as the gangster boss in TV, but in the movies he was still just kind of like the guy or like the son of the guy, and now finally right. he just is the guy. He is the right. mafioso. I mean, in Men of Respect, he does rise to the rank of of Capo or, right. or whatever. Right, but only um, because he was like the But only because his dad dies. Right. And sure. it's Macbeth, sure. so like, what right. are you gonna do? Yeah, I can see why he signed up for that one. I mean, it's prestige in the way that it had a lot of interesting character actors from the time, and it was Macbeth, right. so you think, oh, well, if I'm going to do a mob movie, it should at least be artsy like that. Be Macbeth. Unfortunately, it was terrible. This one, I I, right. I didn't hate uh, as a movie. I didn't hate it. It's it's not, it's certainly not the worst movie we have watched for this, no. by any means. No. 
Uh, and the performances, I think it's what you show up for, really. Yeah. Um, a little bit the writing. But, I mean, it's not, like, for the plot, necessarily. No. It's based on real events, based on, you know, very close to an actual, like, killing. The, the, the killing that happens at the end is, is extremely historical. <laughs> Um, all the buildup is kind of, you know, fictionalized, yeah. but it's something. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely a weird movie. It's not the worst. <laughs> the plot is like paper thin. Um, you know, <laughs> and like. It's very, it's like a novel, you know, probably yeah. could, you, would make it more entertaining. Yeah, you don't really uh, care about the title character that much. Uh, at least Billy. I didn't. He, I've, I'm not surprised that the lead character in this movie is the only one who like really didn't go on to do much. Um, you know, <laughs> he had like a couple of movies in the 2000s and like nothing else really. Um, right. But like you know, was, we should we should list the cast for people who like. We should don't list know. the cast for people. Yeah, because it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, the the lead is Dustin Hoffman who. Great, great performer, but he has been uh, me tooed pretty severely. So we don't, we do not stand. He's uh, drunk, unfortunately. He 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 puts <laughs> um, in a pretty good performance, I would say. Yeah, I I'd, I'd, I'd say you know it's uh, there. He's definitely had better performances before this and uh, after, <laughs> but he's and and after. But uh, and he's doing kind of like a growly sort of smoker voice. I think probably because he like heard recordings of the actual guy he's playing. Uh, Dutch Schultz, this, you know, mobster kingpin guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we also have Nicole Kidman in, I think, a pretty early role for her. I think so. Um, And pretty early full frontal for her. Yeah, just a lot of poor (laughs) sexualization for Nicole Kidman. Just like... yeah. (laughs) <laughs> she is the TNA of this entire... Hers is the worst character, honestly. <laughs> it's it's not her yeah. fault. It's just this character does not exist except to be sex ob- object, you know? Yeah. In in sort of like a featured role, you know, kind of, right. uh, you know, a, a, a blink and you miss it kind of cameo, but also very important to the story is uh, Bruce Willis <laughs> as Bo Weinberg. I mean, I... The most Jew-sounding name for Bruce that I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. (laughs) The, I mean, I would say his role is, like, you definitely don't miss it, you know? It it opens on you, like, murdering him. Spoilers, everyone. (laughs) Right. Um, We're about to, we're about to tell you the the whole plot, so it's not really a spoiler, Um, but it's the first scene. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but but I mean, I'm just saying he's he's like a featured character. Sure. He's like a character actor. He's right. not uh, he's not playing like a, a deuteragonist right, or anything right. like that. Which is interesting for like 1991 Bruce Willis, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, he was a name. Yeah, like, I, he was in the advertising. I think he his name might even be on the. It's like poster. second. Uh, it's second in the opening credits. You get Dustin right. Hoffman. Second and billing, then, great. Like, you know. <laughs> The guy who dies 20 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then um, a, a sort of common co-star for Stan Tucci is uh, Steve Buscemi. Yes. Who is so often Whomst playing... we also. <laughs> right. I mean, we already whomst we also did him, so maybe we should whomst Bruce Willis or <laughs> Nicole Kidman. Give them a shot. I don't know. 
Well, you mentioned the screenwriter. I know you love Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. I I do. Can I we think can it's we one of the funniest? Uh, well, let's let's hoomst Tom Stoppard for for today, <laughs> or maybe you know uh, I don't know. Do people like Ragtime? I haven't read it yet. Do people like Eel Doctor O? Anyway, <laughs> pretty sure Ragtime's the racist one where a Jewish guy dresses in blackface. Yeah, but I think there's like a complicated anyway, <laughs> the complicated literary history of, yeah, of I just don't rediscovery know. I just don't know rejection. if I'm ready to stand them, that's all. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so this movie, it's weird. It's basically mobsters go upstate to try to get a good trial and everyone wants to fuck Nicole Kidman and then the movie ends. And some people right, die. it's right. That's like the plot. the The real story is that it's about this kid, Billy from uh, from the Bronx, from, from the Bronx, uh, and he, you know, he grew up on Bathgate Avenue, and he's like just this Irish kid, you know, not going to amount to anything. He's a juggler, um, and he gets picked out of a crowd by this, you know, this wow. real life mobster. I mean, Billy Billy Bathgate is not a real right. person, as far as I know. Um, but but uh, you know, Dutch. He becomes his his protege, right? Uh, or as he refers to him in the movie, his prodigy. Right. Yeah, that's a fun little bit. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, basically, he is you know sort of trying to become part of this gang, and that's really like where the story is, and it's about him like treating the Dustin Hoffman Dutch character as like a an, a father figure because he's got he doesn't have a father mm-hmm. and then it's his abusiveness and sort of struggling with that while his father figure also is interested in Nicole Kidman who he's interested in so there's an edible it's a very struggle very edible <laughs> my favorite <laughs> so edible. stupid community joke for all you fans <laughs> out there um, yeah, and, and so that's, like, really where, where the trouble is and, and, uh, and where the, the struggle of the plot is, is in that tension. Yeah. And then the fact that uh, Dustin Hoffman is getting increasingly more paranoid as the film goes on because he's, his best buddy in the whole world, Bruce Willis, uh, sold him out to, uh, to the, the Italians... And then uh, in the in the end, his paranoia was totally justified. Yeah. So I don't know what kind of. It's a weird message. What kind of message that is? Uh, but really, I don't know. The thing that uh, that they keep saying is just that Billy Bathgate, you're one lucky son of a bitch. Yeah. That he's the luckiest guy he's in the world. Luckiest guy because he survives the shooting by this much, and then he gets captured right. by Tucci's goons because. Uh, that's that's Tucci's role in this story is a rival gang leader, um, and he gets caught a lot of. Right, of course, he's he's slurs. the Italians, the yeah. you know the slurs. Yeah, we're not going to say the slurs, nope. but they call them the slurs. And the Italians move into what was formerly you know Jewish and and I guess Dutch. They're not really Dutch, uh, but but you know Jewish mob uh, groups territory. Uh, and they're not able to keep control of, uh, you know, their banks or whatever. Their number uh, shops. Their number shops, the the betting houses, the uh, the bookies and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can't keep control of them anymore because now they're getting, you know, slammed with all these tax evasion cases ah. by 
First, the, By the, the federal uh, government. The prosecutor who's trying to make a name for himself. Yeah. Can't be bribed. No, no. Um, I mean, there's just so much good, like, background detail like that. I think that's really what it, what I like about it. Yeah. Is, you know, when they talk about, like, you know, this real life, uh, you know, councilman from Tammany Hall, you know, that's dirty. And they go and meet with him and try and give him the money. He's like... Man, I you know I can't touch this, and and then you know it's all the the little historical goodies that I like. <laughs> well, however historical they are, um, right? Well, some of them are. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you know, in the end, it turns out that the person who betrays Dustin Hoffman's character is their lawyer, who betrays him to Tucci's gang. Uh, and, Led and, by Lucky Luciano. Ah. That's his character's name. It's such a great, you know, specific kind of <laughs> ethnic mob name. I don't know if he's a real person or not, but he certainly stands in for the idea of the Italian mafia taking over that part of New York. Right. Um, and he's great. I mean, the first time we see him is, you know, Dustin Hoffman is hiding out in, in the country. The Catskills. Uh, in the Catskills, right? <laughs> Not the country. Um, and he he's just in a church, and we see him getting baptized, and then all of a sudden... Stanley Tucci's just there. Right. He's over it's, his shoulder, and he puts his hand on his shoulder, and he's got a, a, a gold ring. And... Right. And this is why I say, like, Tucci, I think he's moving up in the world by this point. I think he's more recognizable by this point. He's not a name yet, but he's a face. Mm. And he's definitely a name when it comes to, you know, casting directors in New York. Yeah. Um, or this might be in L.A., actually. I actually don't know where it the casting shot. director would have lived for this. Probably in New York. It was definitely shot in various places that aren't New York. But... <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's to be expected for historical uh, historical dramas. They they tend to be shot in you know Wherever small you towns where you can location. dress them up very easily. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's just there. There's no explanation for why he's significant. But the camera is telling you, watch out for this guy. <laughs> yeah, and then he's got like a short scene um, where you know basically he's like, listen, I just came here to. To vouch for you to the priest uh, that you're serious about being a Catholic and all, uh, right. but um, you know I'm I'm going back to town. I'm not going to stay and uh, hang out. I got I got business. And he and he very slyly says, "Hey, whatever happened to your uh, associate, <laughs> Bo Weinberg, uh, Bruce Willis? Who's you know he got the concrete shoes. He's sleeping with the fishes yeah. at this point in the movie, and he knows that. Tucci knows that, but he's just." He's just laying it on real thick. I don't know. I know. I, I so one once upon a time. I thought I would have liked, would have liked to meet him. And he's like, oh yeah, I bet you would. I bet you would. He had, of course. Uh, you know, he 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 had been following him before and uh, saw him when uh, when Bruce Willis was hanging out with Nicole Kidman. Mm -hmm. And so Nicole Kidman recognizes him, and uh, and and tips them off that Bo. And Luciano were in cahoots in some way, shape, or form. Uh, but that doesn't really matter because immediately after that, <laughs> Tucci's gang comes in and just guns them all down. Yeah. <laughs> Except for the real lucky guy wasn't lucky, Luciano. It was 
Billy Bathgate. Yeah, who, and they, who gets dragged after surviving not being shot, but gets taken yeah. to Tucci. And Tucci's like, yeah. what am I going to do with you? Oh, I got yeah. to kill you, I guess. And then he, he well, turns it, out the lawyer. At first he's just going to kill him. At first he's just going to kill him, like, with no thought to it right, whatsoever. Right. He's just like, you know, why'd you even bring him here? Yeah, you like, know, you, you were supposed to kill them all. Right. <laughs> Take care of the trash. But then it turns out he's like, oh, what about all the money? And the lawyer's like, there's no money. And he's like, yeah, no, wait, there is money. And so then he gets yeah, the lawyer. This lawyer's double crossing you, too. He's a triple cross. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Trying to steal some money. Uh, and it's left ambiguous about whether or not they kill the lawyer or just beat him up real good. No, they're going to kill him. Really? <laughs> they're absolutely going to. There's no way they don't kill him. I feel like they definitely. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they made me just beat him up a bunch. All right. Well, I think when you skim money from the mob, that's what we saw earlier. That's true. There were several scenes where Dustin Hoffman would just be like casually talking to somebody. And then, and then someone would say something and he would just either blast them in the mouth or grab their head and slam them against a wall until they died. You know, it's that kind of movie. Yeah. Um, um. <laughs> so Stanley Tucci, he's, he's now looking at this Billy Bathgate kid. Right. And he's saying... You just solved a big problem for me of this double-crossing lawyer, uh, and you're going to get me a lot of money for it. How can I kill you? How can I punish you for that? Uh, right, but also you know what am I gonna do too with much. You? you know too much. He, of course, he's he's been everywhere. He's always listening in. He asks too many questions, mm. as, uh, as, as his fellow gang <laughs> leaders uh, would say to him. Right. And uh, it, it, so he he lets him go. Ballsily is like, but okay, but he had just gotten like a $17,000 like severance yeah, payment. Yeah. But like, <laughs> which, you know, in like 19, what is this? 1930s, 1940s money. 20, it's like, I don't know. That's like a million dollars or something, you know, <laughs> especially to a kid yeah, who he, like he, makes nothing. Um, right. I mean, I think that narratively it works because you're like, if he just like spends all the time in the gang and then gets out alive but doesn't get anything from it, it doesn't feel like, you know, a big reward. Right, because he didn't really um, learn anything. He just like fucked no, around. No, he learned nothing. Yeah. Well, he, you know, he literally fucked around yes. uh, as well. Yes. He lost his virginity to Nicole Kidman, of all people. So. Of all people. Um, <laughs> but so... Can we talk more about her character? Uh, we'll get there. I just we want to finish up. I just want to finish up this part. I, can... I just like that we keep interrupting the last scene to talk about other scenes. I know. Um, all right. So, so he like Bosley asks Tucci. Billy does. He goes, "Hey, can I have my money?" And Tucci like turns around and gives him this look, like, "What?" It's it's very for the video <laughs> podcast people. It's very similar to the look he's giving uh, Dustin Hoffman in my yeah, background. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's like this kind of half glare. It's that look of incredulity that he does so well, or he's like, I can't even believe you asked for this, but sure. Why not? And gives it to him and sends him on his way. Cause it's a power move too. It's like 17 grand. That means nothing to me. We're talking about five, six mil, you know, Mm -hmm. this is, you know, this is chump change. change. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so he sends him on his way, says, but look, Billy Bathgate, I know where Bathgate Avenue is, as do all real New Yorkers. 
and I know <laughs> where. But then part. he like calls him out. He really does. He's like, I know yeah. where your mom works. You stay fucking clean, and I'm watching you basically. And he's like, Yes, yeah. sir. Bye bye. And that's the yeah. end of the movie. It ends very unsatisfyingly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it. I think it would work in novel form. Yeah, uh, maybe. You know, that's a typical kind of novel sort of ending where then then he lived the rest of his life. Right. And we don't see that. <laughs> There's just like I don't know. There's like no real resolution. There's not really a good character no. arc. Is why it feels bad. Um, it's a coming of age story about Oedipal's struggle, yeah. which he ultimately ends up. Symbolically killing his father and stealing his money. I guess. You know, that's that's what it is. I guess. It's not complicated, but it is complete. I guess. I don't know. It feels very um, for sure. Okay, but you want to talk about yeah. Nicole Kidman's character. I wanted to talk about because she's sort of a you know I, I don't know if this is like a trope on TV tropes, but she's like sort of a uh, a manic pixie uh hostage you know she's i mean she's got a little bit of the um she's very much the dame you know no definitely but i just think like the idea that she's like always in a hostage situation where she could die at any moment but she's she's above that you she know, she's is. not afraid she's There's she's like, like a scene. yeah she's like a tough like cool girl um, Tough cookie. Like, like the cool girl speech from Gone Girl is exactly like Nicole Kidman's character in this, you know, <laughs> where it's like she's like super sexy and always flirting and like really just wants to be loved properly, but like will do what she has to to get by, you know, like that's that's who this character is. Um, and it's never been more clearly written by a man. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, well, you know, I, I think that one of the, like, interesting scenes, interesting in that I think it, it illustrates something bad about this character, which is we're seeing a flashback to her, you know, who up, to, up until this point we just assumed was, like, her love, the love of her life, which is Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're seeing him die. And so he gets thrown off of the boat with his concrete shoes, and he slams into the water, but then the camera goes under the water, and it's not him, it's naked Nicole Kidman, who has then dived into the water. And so I thought in that moment, oh, that symbolism is like, oh, now she's suicidal, because the love of her life is dead. But that was not what that scene was. That scene was, she's not afraid of anything. Yeah. (laughs) She can dive off a cliff into a puddle of water, and uh, not even, not even bad an eye, and she doesn't care that people are dying all around her. No. She's this, you know, free, liberated woman who is married but goes around and dates gangsters, you know. Well, it's because her husband is gay. Right. Well, that's what makes her able to be so liberated. Yeah. Gotta marry a gay, I guess, in 1940. And she's like, you know, she knows too much. And so the, you know, Steve Buscemi is coming after her with a gun and he is looking, you know, very Randall from Monsters, Inc. Just slithering around uh, with his gun. (laughs) And he's, like, about to kill her, and then her gay husband shows up, and then they just fly off in a plane together out of the movie. I'm sorry, and he's that like, Randall, what happened? I know. Her exit from the movie is very sudden, and, like... Right. But the characters recognize it. Yeah. They're all like, what? What? So he just showed up? That's no, no, I called him on the phone to warn him to come here. Huh. And so then they just flew away? 
From like the whole movie? From the whole movie. They're done. She's done. Her contract was up. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Ugh, this movie is wild. And then when it comes to like the gratuitous uh, full frontal nudity, like literally she like is wearing a towel she's gotten out of the shower. She walks over to a mirror. No, but it's one of those like threefold mirrors. So it gets you from every angle. So you get, yeah, you got to get your money's worth. And then she drops the towel for literally like 10 frames and then it cuts to the next scene. It's like, just cut the scene 10 frames earlier. But no, you gotta get you your money. You gotta get the again. ass. It's... You gotta see the bush from the side. You bush. gotta see those boobs. Like I will say, <laughs> right. it was a lovely looking bush. Sure. Uh, can't, can't complain. Um. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I guess we'll talk about uh, the Tucci news. Yeah, I I thought um, you know since we're now getting into maybe a little bit higher quality films that Tucci's in, a little bit higher budget, a little bit more prestige. Bigger stars. Uh, now might, right, bigger stars for sure. Now might be a good time to uh, provide a little bit of a preview of some of the great roles that we're going to see. Yeah, courtesy um, of Vogue uh, by Emma Spector. Thank you. Another stan another of stan. Stanley Tucci. Um, she has an article that came out on the 16th of April. Uh, called Ranking Stanley Tucci's Most Beloved Roles in Vogue, and we... Yeah, so this isn't definitive, of course. Of course. It's one one writer's opinion, but, but she represents Vogue. And she who represents... Who are synonymous with style and class. <laughs> yes, and she represents fans and stands, which is right. what we're of about. Course. In, in so let's read the, the intro real quick. Sure. You want to start us off? Um, sure. It is, in many ways, the spring of Tucci... The Spring of Tucci. Mwah! Beautiful. Uh, Actor Stanley Tucci recently garnered attention for his new CNN food travel show, Searching for Italy, which New Yorker food writer Helen Rosner called Escapism of Another Order. Which, like, yeah, because it's got Tucci. Yeah, maybe we should read that that article, the Helen Rosner one. We'll do that when we get to the show. Um... Uh, Tucci has a culinary memoir of his own due out soon, that's true, Uh, and his acting career isn't showing any signs of slowing down. His sweet and wry style coupled with his surprising sex appeal. I'm sorry. I do have to, I do have to disagree that it's surprising. The sex appeal is very apparent. Like, it's, it's, (laughs) it's right on the surface. I think that, I think that it's at a level, the sex appeal, where it would be surprising on any man, you know? Yeah. And maybe maybe she's saying surprising for his lack of recognition mm. from you know, that's, we talked about he didn't win sexiest bald man. That's true. That's uh, true. Um you know I mean, you know, it she she goes on to say it feels like something we all slept on pre pandemic, only to be confronted with it anew when he made his wife a Negroni, which we have talked about many times on this podcast. Uh, and then, you know, it just kind of goes on to some of his best, uh, roles. And so what is, what does she have number one on this list? What does Emma think? Well, I, I think they're ranked in reverse order. So number, I don't think so. I think they're, I think it's top to bottom. Does it say that? Yeah. 
So, David, uh, do you want to kick us off with the first top of Emma's list? Yeah, uh, she she ranks them uh, starting with number one. And so, uh, in, in in her humble opinion, the greatest Tucci role is uh, his role as Paul Child in Julie and Julia. Now, I think many um, people would agree with her there. Like, I know yeah, a lot and, of people who love him in that role. Yeah, and it, it definitely combines his love of food with his love of you know, delightful male roles. <laughs> Plus he gets to be married Just, to Meryl Streep. Like, seems like a delight. Yeah, yeah. The, the husband role as the sort of, you know, the dream husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but that's not the role that uh, he plays in the second ranked yeah. Tucci role. Nigel which in is The what? Devil Wears Prada. And this is, of course, yeah. this was my introduction to the glory that is the Tucci. Um, right. and I love him in this role. Like, this is a great movie, period, but, like, he absolutely steals the show. Yeah, uh, so can't wait to get to that one. Uh, another, number three is Puck in A Midsummer's Night Dream. Um, and I do just have to read this one, uh, <laughs> one line from Please. it. Um, so, Jonathan Whitesell, Mickey Rooney, and Arthur Miller have also played the role, but we like to think Tucci perfected it. Like, that's some stand <laughs> right. vibes, you know? And this Perfecting is... Shakespeare, yeah. you know? Yeah. Perfecting Shakespeare. Perfecting that's it. That's impressive. Incredible. I agree, Emma. <laughs> I haven't even seen him in this yet, and I probably agree. Um, uh, just running through some, some more of them really quickly. Yeah. Uh, his role, Jerry Siegel in, Man in Made in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. His role is Dave Kingman in America's Sweethearts. And then an odd choice, but a very respect re respectable one, <laughs> is his role as magician Jefferson Burke in Kit Kittridge, an American girl. I did not uh, know this movie existed, and I am well. There, are, there so... are tons of American Girl movies. It's part of this like transmedia franchise of the American Girl, I mean, I, you know, books I and the loved, movies and the. I loved American Girl doll books growing up, and I had an American Girl doll growing up, but like. I did not know that there are movies and TV shows about them. Yeah, now. I think but I I'm, think most of them are adapted from the books. Probably, probably. Um, like, why have the yeah, original but, idea? <laughs> You've already written some. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're just trying to make money here. Um, right. But like, I am so psyched to see Stanley Tucci as a mustache mustachioed uh, magician in an American Girl <laughs> doll movie. I, I am psyched. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, but I, I also just like, I, I respect this list for the mix of sort of highbrow and lowbrow yeah. children and adults. Yeah. And then the blockbuster, uh, which is the next one, Caesar. his role as Caesar Flickerman in The Hunger Games uh, Mockingjay. But I believe he was in all of them. He's in all of them, but I think this person particularly enjoyed his performance in Mockingjay for whatever reason. Um, sure, I, not that yeah. he does a bad job. I always found this role so off-putting, which is like what it's supposed to be. That's what um, it's meant to be, yeah. But like, I like it's not one of my favorite two G roles. Not that he does a bad job. Okay. I just it's so unsettling. I prefer to see two G in <laughs> in nice things, in, in handsome roles, yeah. like in, as Tusker in Supernova. Yeah, so snubbed, I think it's great that he's still at the Oscars. Absolutely snubbed. Uh, he wasn't the only one, though. That's true. You know. He, you know, as far as people who were snubbed, at least he is somewhat privileged and whatnot. In being He's alive? Not, uh... Yeah. <laughs> the, we we um, decided 
voted last year that the Oscars suck and we don't care about them anymore. So right, we don't. It's we fine. don't care. Uh, we never. He never wanted an Oscar anyway. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins didn't even want the Oscar. No. So you know. Um, but yeah, again, we have with Supernova, the repetition of the idea that, uh, I'm generally not a fan of straight actors playing queer or queer coded characters, but Tucci is one of the pre precious few exceptions to the rule. Uh, so yeah. Why is he able to, to play gay roles when other straight men would be chastised? No one knows. It's just one of Tucci's special skills. <laughs> Um, you know, also has him as George Harvey in The Lovely Bones, which I believe is the serial killer. Uh, I have not yes, seen I think, this film. Yeah, we're going to get to it, uh, and you're going to have to watch it. I'm excited all its... to watch it. It'll be weird. <laughs> right. Um, but I think it's on here partially for contrast. You know, you can't have it all be his most handsomest roles. So that one's ranked at the bottom. Yeah. It seems like just sort of a token. Yeah. Look, he's got range. Uh, which he absolutely does, but yeah, uh, for sure, for you sure. know, it's this is definitely a stand. Uh, we 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 respect you, Emma Specter. We thank you. We we love you. Thank we you for are your, part of your clan. Yes, thank you for your hard work. You know, elevating Tucci to the level of fame that he truly deserves. Of Vogue. Of Vogue. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for putting him in Vogue. Finally, I'm sure he's been in Vogue before. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that's all we have for this week. Um, oh, there was one more sort of Easter egg that I wanted to mention, which is that at one point when uh, Tucci is describing Bo Weinberg, he calls him a man of respect. Uh, <laughs> so he's he's uh, he's, he's already making callbacks to his previous work. He's already doing callbacks to his most. He's already roles. there in his head. He knows. <laughs> Yeah, so we're not getting to any of the movies we just mentioned next. No. Uh, but uh, but we will be getting to some really juicy ones soon. soon. So keep keep following us and uh, tweet at us if you want to be a guest stan. Yes. We'd love to meet new fans yes. of Stanley Tucci and bring them on Absolutely. to talk about just whatever Stan Tucci movie you want. <laughs> For real, we are obsessed. Uh, see you guys <laughs> next week for our regularly scheduled talking tropes and uh, catch you on the flip side. Bye. Later. But that's that guy from the Hunger Games. Transformers the last night. Beauty and the Beast and Spotlight. Writer and director of Big Night. All right. I don't know. Do you, do you stand Bruce Willis? I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Bruce Willis. I don't stand him, but like, what a wild trip to see Bruce Willis just like in this movie in Moonlighting. 91. Like, he was kind of a name already in 91, right? No? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that was like almost his peak. Right. You know? So it's they like. They got him. Yeah. They, and they got him for such a bit role. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And for such a Jewish named character. I know so many Goy playing <laughs> Jews. Oh my god. But Dustin's not a goy, is he? I don't think so. I think he's Jewish. He's but like, Jew. you know, Mrs. Schwartz or whatever. <laughs> Nicole Kidman. The most Jewish. Alright. Logan, if you want to put any of this in. <laughs> you, can do, you can do it at the end. <laughs>